This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. It's summer and everyone's talking about water. LifeSource water systems reduce hard water problems and remove harsh chemicals that cities add to your Hetch Hetchy water. No filters to change, no salt to add, and no maintenance. LifeSource water gives you delicious water, softer skin and hair, and brighter laundry. For a limited time, LifeSource water will pay your sales tax. Offer ends soon. Call LifeSource water at 888-712-4279 or visit LifeSourceWater.com. That's 888-712-4279. LifeSource water. Taste and feel the difference. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Morgan's Pop Talks, a podcast brought to you by The Dip. You guys, we have no time to waste today because we have so much to get through. When I was writing up the pod, honestly, I was a little overwhelmed with how much we have to discuss. We have the Vanderpump Rules season finale and the reunion teaser, the deep dive on Jamie Lynn and Brittany, which, my God, I mean, we're not going to be here all day, but we really could be here all day if we wanted to. And then, of course, we had Summer House premiere this week and that fight between Kyle and Amanda. So let's just kick it off with our pop three. First, is Mary Cosby's church closed? You know, we did a deep dive about Mary last week. If you missed it, go ahead and go back and listen to it. There are tons of rumors of Mary Cosby and her husband. Robert Cosby Sr. running a cult. Obviously, those are just allegations because lawyers, but it seems that the church signs have been actually taken down. And there was photo evidence online of like this bare spot where the church sign was once displayed. So then apparently if you Google it, Google has listed the church, which is called Faith Temple Church, as temporarily closed. So everyone was freaking out about that. And then we see this promo video teaser, whatever you want to call it, of Mary's parents doing an interview with Up and Adam on YouTube. It's Mary's mom and Mary's dad And they're calling Mary a victim of Robert Sr., which is her step-grandfather and also her husband. So in the trailer for it, Mary's dad says she needs to remove herself very quickly because under Bob Cosby, it is a cult. Shots fired from the dad. And then at the end, her mom starts crying and gets upset too, but they're very adamant and they love Mary and they're supporting Mary and they're really painting Robert as the villain here. And I'm really annoyed because this is dropping on YouTube about two hours after I record this podcast episode. So circle back on the pages and we will review that. But who knows? Maybe our deep dive shut Mary's church down. Probably not. Who are we kidding? Let's move on to headline number two. Chicago's fourth birthday party. The kids can't even enjoy their blow-up balloon heads of themselves without the parents making a scene. So this weekend... Kanye put out this video. He was by himself. He was driving in a car, I think, that he was not invited to Chicago and Stormy's joint birthday party. He said he was calling everyone, Tristan, Chloe, which was Tristan there. I was like, "Eh." you know, my ears perked up a little bit. He said he's calling the nannies. He was like, this is my daughter's birthday. I'm not playing games. She's going to think that I wasn't here for her. Well, 
Then we saw the photos. You know, Kanye is at the party. He's standing next to Chris, who looks terrified. I mean, my God, you could see the fear coming out of her eyes from a mile away. Kanye put out a second video saying that he finally got the information out of Travis Scott. Travis was like, here's the address, my dude. Let's beat this pinata. So there's another report online saying that Kanye and Kim agreed to do two separate parties. And that's why Kanye was not like originally at the first party and that he was always invited and blah, 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 blah. Here's my conspiracy theory. In my opinion, I think the whole story of having two separate parties, it was like Kanye's having his party for Chicago in his office in LA. I mean, I don't know what Kanye's office looks like, but what four-year-old wants a birthday at her dad's office? In my opinion, I think it very well could be the Kardashians controlling their narrative. I really think Kanye was not invited, was not told, and maybe there was talk of two parties, but it kind of got lost in translation. So to make them not look bad, they're like telling all these media outlets like, no, we are supposed to have two parties. But the media, I mean, the Kardashians own the media. They have them eating out of the palms of their hands. But that's just my conspiracy theory. I'm glad Kanye made it to the party. And coming up next for our pop three, the Vanderpump Rules finale and reunion. And you guys, I know I am moving through the pop three quicker than normal, but when I tell you that I have pages and pages and pages to get to, I'm not lying. And I value your time, okay? So let's start with the Vanderpump Rules finale. This season really sucked it up, truly, but I love it so much that I will never turn my back on it. The last 15 minutes of the finale was fine, although Lala's like, I ride hard for James. Let me ruin his engagement party. Do I think it's tacky of Brock and Sheena to get engaged and then try to sneak away and get married? Like, yeah. And no, I mean, no shade by this at all whatsoever. But isn't Sheena's brand kind of tacky? <laughs> I say no shade. You guys, she wore a crop top to her first wedding. We all know this. No, I think Sheena just lives in her own world, you know. I think that she wants the fairy tale ending. I think that that's like the main goal in her life. So, she was excited and it's just Sheena. I feel like she does get overly excited. But then you have Lala who's like, "I'm going to tell James because I have his back." And it's like, if you have his back and you know he's got a short fuse and you know Tension is already somewhat running high. It has been all season. In my opinion, having your friends back isn't giving them information that could cause them to spiral at their own engagement party, but that's just my opinion. When it comes to the cool girl fight, I'm team Ariana. Sorry about it. I know a lot of you don't agree with me on that, but I have loved Ariana since the beginning. So when it comes to who's the coolest, I'm picking Ariana. The reunion looks amazing. The reunion looks 10 times better than the whole season. Lisa Vanderpump with the fire. How you get them is sometimes how you lose them. I mean, we were all thinking that when it comes to Lala and Randall, right? Like, it is sad. I am sad for her, and I do feel bad for her, truly. Nobody deserves to go through that heartbreak. Nobody deserves to be cheated on. Never, never. I mean, but isn't that what? Isn't that how they got together? Did she think that she was going to be, like, different? 
Maybe. And maybe Randall is like that good of a manipulator that he just made her believe that she changed him. I don't know. I don't know. But then you get to James and Raquel. And here's my conspiracy theory on them. I'm chock full of them today. I don't know what I've been drinking. But I think that Raquel and James never actually really wanted to get engaged. At least Raquel didn't. I even watched back the engagement after we all now know that they're not together. And I was like, it just sat with me kind of funny. And maybe it's because I know what I know now, but he's like, will you marry me? And she's just like, yes. And like, that's it. So maybe that's why they didn't mind spending so much on an engagement party because they knew there would be no wedding. I don't know. I'm shady today. What is up with this? I've been reading way too many of the back and forth Instagram messages from the Spear sisters. That's why I'm feeling extra shady. Speaking of the Spears sisters, we are going to take a quick break and then we got to get back into our deep dive. What the heck is going on with Jamie Lynn Spears? Because it's a mess. We'll be right back. Oh, we could, we could fly. This is your summer. That means six flags in the taste of an ice cold Coca-Cola. We're talking thrilling coasters, amazing animal attractions, and this... Coke is summer refreshment, so you can hop on another ride, like the all-new Sidewinder Safari. Six Flags and Coca-Cola. Come make it yours. Visit SixFlags.com slash Coke to save up to $20 off passes or daily tickets starting at $39.99. All right, you guys. Every single week, I take submissions on my Instagram page for our deep dive portion of the podcast. What is it that you want more answers on? And the majority of you said this week that you need a deep dive on Jamie Lynn Spears and her new book. So let's go to Sid. Hey, Morgan. This is Sydney from Ohio. For this week's deep dive, we need to know your thoughts on Jamie Lynn Spears doing all this press. Did you listen to our caller, Daddy? What were your thoughts on that? Love the pod. Thank you, Sid. Love you like a sis. Yes, I did listen to the Call Her Daddy episode. Before we get into all this, I want to say this. There are two sides to every story. And in the case of the Spears family, I believe there are probably about 100 different sides to the story. So every I've realized that every time I form an opinion, a couple days later, it ends up changing. And sometimes it doesn't change a lot. Sometimes it's just a, a little tweak in opinion here, a little tweak there. But sometimes I'm like, oh, well, that changes my opinion a lot. I know it's a contentious subject because it's everywhere. So I want you to know that I'm going to try to be as diplomatic as possible to get through the details. And then at the end, I'll give you my opinions, not judgments. Isn't that good? You know who came up with that? My boyfriend, David. He was like, Morgan P. talks, serving opinions, not judgments. And I was like, excuse excuse you, what? He pulled it out of thin air. I was like, are you now my my marketing team? So that's what we're doing here. Okay. I want to start with Jamie Lynn Spears. She's gone through her own trauma. I will say that. You know, she has the same parents. Let's not forget. Obviously, she has not had one half of the media pressure that Britney has, but she did have some You know, she did get pregnant at 16 and was shipped off to a cabin in the woods. She had a horrible accident that almost killed her firstborn daughter. Then she was also Britney Spears' little sister. So 
I want to answer first some common questions about Jamie Lynn, and then I'll talk about her interview with Alex Cooper on Call Her Daddy. So question number one, what was Jamie Lynn's part in the conservatorship? So E! News did this whole like, you know, big takeaways to take away from Jamie Lynn's book. This was one of them. So Jamie Lynn wrote in her book that several years into the court-ordered appointment, aka the conservatorship, Brittany asked Jamie Lynn to serve as the trustee for her two children only in the event that she would not be able to do so herself. Okay, so if anything happens to Brittany, Jamie Lynn has the kids. Here's the quote. This was separate from her team's request for me, Jamie Lynn, to reside as a trustee over her children's trust in the conservatorship, the money. After several months and careful consideration, I decided to remove myself from that role, citing that the developing issues could potentially create a conflict. My role was to remain impartial and simply be a sister and aunt. I have never participated in the conservatorship as my sister's personal representative or her financial conservator. Jamie Lynn later concluded, if I'm guilty of anything, it's of enabling the situation to continue by not speaking up earlier in her career. I often wonder if I had, would it have made a difference? So that's Jamie Lynn Spears' side of the story from her book. We'll get into the other side in a little bit. What Jamie Lynn Spears has said about Britney's testimony in 2021. We all heard the same testimony and we were all like, whoa, Britney like threw her entire family to the wolves, which if what Britney is saying is true, deservedly so, right? But Jamie Lynn says she made these sweeping allegations about the family and quote, at no point did my sister lift the veil on what or who is truly responsible for her challenges. Her references to me left me reeling. Jamie Lynn says, when my sister spoke to the world about her feelings regarding my parents' purposeful strategy to garner fame, Britney's impassioned statements, including the wrongdoings of everyone involved without any reference to herself. I realized that until she wants help, nothing I say is going to sway the way she sees herself or her situation. Britney's lawyer did put out that cease and desist, which we will get more into, but in it, he said, Britney's not reading the book, which I don't think Britney should read the book. But Jamie Lynn is also like, you know, in their Instagram war is like, I hate to burst your bubble, Britney, but the book is not about you. Well, you go into major detail about her testimony and how it affects you. But then on the other hand, you go into saying, now, Britney, you're leaving out a big part of the story and that's your involvement. So it's just muddy waters when when Jamie Lynn is saying, Brittany, this book isn't about you. It's about me. When really, it's all connected. Like You can't tell Jamie Lynn's story without also telling some of Brittany's story. So the last thing before we get into the Call Her Daddy episode is that text message. And this is also referenced in that podcast episode. And I'm recording this, my episode, before part two came out, which at this point, I don't even know if part two is coming out because of that cease and desist. I mean, I guess we will find out, but we've all seen, you know, Alex say, you have a text that clears your name. It was in the book too. So I'll just tell you what it is. It says, Jamie Lynn also shared a text message allegedly from Brittany, though she did not specify when it was sent. It says, I know it's not your fault and I'm sorry for being so angry at you. Although I'm your big sister, I need you more than you need me and always have. Brittany has not commented on the alleged message. 
Um, I okay. So I know it's not your fault, and I'm sorry for being so angry at you. I mean, does anyone think that it's solely Jamie Lynn's fault? I don't, and I think that. You know, even the argument like, well, Jamie Lynn should have done more. Whenever this was put in place, she was 15, then she was 16, then she got pregnant. Like, she did have her own stuff going on. Like, I could barely fill up my gas tank at age 16. Like, without forgetting, if you leave the tank on empty, you're going to be broke down on the side of the road. So Jamie Lynn Spears could probably not even wrap her head around the legalities of a conservatorship at age 16. So I don't want to be here all day. Let's move on to the call her daddy interview. Somebody asked me like what I thought. Do I want to be mean today? No, I'm not going to be mean. I'm not mean. I I just don't particularly like call her daddy in general. It's just not my type of show. I mean, clearly I feel like you can sense that Alex Cooper and I have two totally different personalities. Now that's not saying that I would never get along with her. I feel like I get along with everybody, but like Jamie Lynn Spears is going to choose to go on Call Her Daddy, you know, after Good Morning America. I don't know. I don't know. I'll stop the shade there. Okay. Brittany and Jamie Lynn, they've been going back and forth on social media pretty much all week. And although at times it can be hard to understand, we saw they agreed to keep things private and off of social media. And then this podcast comes out and we're like, okay, uh, which maybe they recorded it before the truce, the Instagram truce. But here are the key takeaways from the first portion of the interview. Something we were all mad about, the fact that Jamie Lynn's first book title was I Must Confess, which is her sister's lyrics. I must confess. It's killing me. Oh my God. Those aren't even the right words. Oh my God. I'm appalled. I'm disgusted. Oh my God. And I'm having a brain fart. I can't even think of what the right words are. Some fan I am. Wow. Just throw me to the wolves. Anyways, I must confess, which we all know is from Baby One More Time, was never actually the name of the book, according to Jamie Lynn Spears. She said it was like a working title, like a holding title, but it was never going to be the real thing. And then it got leaked. I don't know if I believe that. Uh, number two, Jamie Lynn Spears said her team shipped her away to a cabin outside of New York to live when she was pregnant. She does not know who her team is is also strange. Jamie Lynn Spears said that she lived in the shadows of her sister for her whole life and was always an afterthought that she was an oops baby, literally that her parents did not intend to have a third child. And she always felt that she was the outsider. She found out about Brittany shaving her head by her friends showing her pictures and she didn't want to go to school the next day. And she was spending the night at a friend's house and that it was just traumatizing for her. She cried all night. Then she said Brittany found out that she was pregnant, Jamie Lynn, through an OK Magazine release because the team wouldn't let Jamie Lynn tell anybody that she was pregnant. Then there's this knife story. And this is what started the war online of Jamie Lynn and Brittany being in the house and Brittany saying, baby, I'm scared. Brittany grabs this knife, takes Jamie Lynn by the hand. They go into this bedroom and Brittany locks the door and she says, like, Jamie, I'm scared. And she keeps the knife next to her. And that's when Brittany was like, Jamie Lynn, really? A knife? Blah, 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 blah. Like, ugh, I don't know. You guys, you'll have to read the, the post because it's just long and hard to understand. But you know what's interesting and nowhere to be found? 
Jamie Lynn's knife story. Do you remember Jamie Lynn's knife story? When she was running around the sandwich shop with a knife in Louisiana, the knife was like seven inches long. I think she was trying to break up a fight. That's what the video, there's video. I mean, Google it. You'll see it. This fight breaks out in this sandwich shop. Jamie Lynn Spears runs behind the counter and grabs like those long knives. It looks like that they used to spread the mayonnaise with. (laughs) She, I don't know what she was doing, but it was a big tabloid at the time and not mentioned in the book or in the interview. I thought this book was about your experiences, Jamie Lynn. So why wouldn't why are you talking about like Britney's ordeal and not your ordeal? You know what I mean? It's just like kind of weird. So after listening, I was like, okay, Jamie Lynn Spears, she has trauma. She does have a story and we're not diminishing the trauma that she endured, the feelings that she has because they're valid. But the overwhelming sentiment that I took away was that she's always been in the shadows of her big sister, Britney, and she doesn't like that. So what makes her think that releasing this memoir now, right now, is going to do anything but keep her in the shadows of her big sister, Brittany? Do you honestly think that people would care this much about this book if it was released five years ago? Does it seem opportunistic and insensitive to release it now when Brittany is not out of the woods yet. She's still going through this legal battle to get herself free. I think it does. You might not think that it does. And I'm cool with us having a difference of opinion on that. And it's like, well, what if she was writing it for a long time? And and how how do you, you know, what if she never planned to release it, but then all of this stuff happened and it's just timing, like like push it six months or a year, like the information is still going to be the same, right? I don't know. And that's where I think it gets, it gets sticky. And that's where I can see people's other points of view when it comes to her releasing the book. So let's move on to Brittany because I get so many messages saying, Brittany isn't well. Brittany's spiraling. Brittany needs help. Yeah, she does need help. And let me ask you, if you were pretty much held hostage, surveillanced, forced to perform, drugged, not allowed to drive a car, not allowed to have sushi if you wanted it, not allowed any privacy for 13 years, would you not need any help? Would you be well? I would be spiraling all the live long freaking day. In conclusion, I believe that we don't even know the surface of what went down behind closed doors in the Spears family home. And I think that I don't know what to think. And I think a lot of people feel that way. Do I think people should be sending Jamie Lynn Spears death threats and saying that she should have done more to get her sister out of the conservatorship when she was 16? No, I don't. Do I think that sometimes I want her to shut up? When it comes to her talking about Britney, yeah, I do because I don't want to, as a Britney Spears fan, I don't want to see her continue to spiral. And it seems like these situations with her sister are causing that. So let's get to this cease and desist and we'll wrap it up here. This is just the final paragraph of it from Britney's lawyer, Matthew Rosengart. It says, Britney was the family's breadwinner and she also otherwise supported you. This is to Jamie Lynn. Publicly airing false or fantastical grievances is wrong, especially when designed to sell books. 
It is also potentially unlawful and defamatory. Michelle Obama famously said, when they go low, we go high. And to Britney's great credit, that is exactly what Britney is going to do for the time being. You recently reportedly stated that the book was not about her. She takes you at your word, and we, therefore, demand that you cease and desist from referencing Britney derogatorily during your promotional campaign. If you fail to do so or defame her, Britney will be forced to consider and take all appropriate legal action. Your representative may contact me if you have any questions. Sincerely yours, Matthew S. Rosengart. Drop the freaking mic. Woo, okay, told you guys. I think that was the deepest deep dive that we have ever done here on the pod. And things are only going to continue to get more dramatic because to wrap it up today, we have to talk about the Summer House Season 6 premiere. Wowzers. The gang is back in the Hamptons. I've never been, but now I really want to go, except I wouldn't want to go unless I was in the summer house. Have you also noticed they only ever go to one bar? It's always Southampton Social. If you are in the Hamptons, can you let me know if there are any other bars besides Southampton Social? So the newbies this year, we have Maya and Alex. They spent way more time on Alex, which is a little annoying, but hopefully we'll get to see more of Maya. Luke was not there. Why is Luke always late to the summer house? Remember last year, everyone was like, where's Luke? Where's Luke? And they're calling him. He's like, oh, I'm bringing my friend, Sierra. And this year, he's still in Minnesota on day one. Like, hello, the summer house waits for no one, Luke. Let's get there when the cameras start rolling. Sierra's there. She's still talking about Austin, which, boy, Danielle, we don't see a whole lot of episode one either, besides telling us her boyfriend Robert is the one, which is amazing. I love them. But here were the big takeaways from episode one. Paige is in a little love triangle with the two hottest boys on Bravo fighting over her. Good for her, honestly. Andrea is in the house. And, you know, isn't this the perfect scenario? with Andrea of you wanting what you can't have because in the winter house, all Paige wanted was for him to lock it down. I just did like the dance move that the kids do, the the woe I think it is. I literally hate myself, but I did that when I said lock it down and I just did it again, but he didn't. And now she was like, yeah, we got back to the city and he wanted me to stop seeing other people, but I didn't want to. So it's like you snooze, you lose brother. Sorry about your luck. Cause now we know she's dating Craigie. Carl looks so good. What a transformation Carl Radke has been on. I just love his precious soul. I love how he was totally not involved in any of the drama whatsoever because he's sober and he knows when to get the heck out of those situations. He's like, oh, nothing good happens past 1 a.m. So I'm just going to hightail it out of here. I would do the same thing. Lindsay is back. Can I just say I love her? Hubhouse gets a lot of hate, but she is so unapologetically herself. And love it or hate it, she's not changing for you or anyone who watches the show. And she does not care if you love her or you hate her. And she also addresses what's going on between her and her winter house castmate, Jason, which we were all wondering. Was she with Jason? What was going on with Austin because of the Watch What Happens Live thing? Now Carl, like we were all confused. But then she opens up and she tells us, and while well, she's speaking to Carl, but she tells all of us, she and Jason were pregnant and a day later they had a miscarriage, 
which is so incredibly heartbreaking. But to be brave enough to share that on national television, that's like a really vulnerable place to put yourself in. And even in that moment, I feel like you can see that Carl is heartbroken for her. Like in that scene, you can just tell that their friendship is so strong. So I'm excited to see how the rest unfolds between the two of them and when it starts to turn romantic. So then we have the Kyle and Amanda fight. On one hand, um, you have Amanda who is upset because her fiance, who she's supposed to marry in two months, will not answer her phone calls, is out till 4 a.m. by herself. And on one hand, I'm like, okay, you're engaged for however many years. You're getting ready to walk down the aisle in two months. If you don't trust your partner, like, what are you doing? But then also on the other hand, like, Kyle should be trustworthy. Being alone at a bar until 4 a.m. not answering any phone calls is an untrustworthy thing for you to do as a fiance. And I saw him on Watch What Happens Live. He purposely ignored Amanda. He said like he pulled out his phone and saw like 14 or so missed calls and then he was like, oh, I'm not dealing with this. That's messed up. As a fiance, in either role, in Amanda's role or Kyle's role, you're supposed to take care of your partner. And he like set himself up for that. Like if you're purposely going to ignore your fiance and be out partying by yourself until four o'clock in the morning, how did he end up by himself is also what I'm wondering. Like you have a group of 10 people and nobody's like, where's Kyle until they get home. (laughs) You know what I mean? I don't know. I don't know. Trust and communication are the most important things in a relationship. Based on that episode, Kyle and Amanda have none. I fully side with Amanda on this one. Do I think she should have broke his stuff and left it outside? I mean, no, but who's to say that under those circumstances, any of us wouldn't have done the same thing if we were that upset. Like, I'm not, I'm not gonna judge her, but I honestly think worse than staying out till four o'clock, worse than not answering your phone, worse than all of it is the way that Kyle disgustingly screamed at her when he was taking the shower. Never, never in four years has my boyfriend ever even raised his voice at me. We have never gotten in like a screaming, yelling match. And maybe I'm lucky in the fact that David and I are both very um, like soft-hearted people. And it's just not in us to like have a screaming match. Uh, And maybe that's just who Kyle is. But like, ew, no. Absolutely not. What Amanda told Sierra and Paige in bed was, uh, I mean, Sierra put it well, a red flag with fireworks. They signed some type of agreement that if Kyle can't control his drinking, he'll pay her parents back every dime for the wedding. What? (laughs) What? Do people have those types of agreements? Like that's, that's not a normal thing, right? Wow. Wowzas. The season six premiere of Summer House. Seven out of seven lover boys. It was fantastic. 
Oh, deep breath, you guys. All right. I told you we had a lot to get to in today's episode, but I feel smarter. Don't you feel smarter? Hey, before you guys leave, make sure you leave a review. It is the highlight of my week. I get so many hate messages on Instagram. So whenever I need to feel better about myself, I go to your guys' reviews. So if you want to do that on Apple Podcasts, you can rate it out of a star review. You can also write something on Spotify. They only let you write the stars, which is kind of lame, but Maybe they'll come around eventually. All right, you guys. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you back next week on Morgan's Pop Talks. Bye. New message. Hey, man, it's Devin. You know, from that time you accidentally emailed me because you thought I was a different Devin. Oh, and your email signature said confidential. If you receive this in error, please delete. (laughs) That's so you. Anyway, I heard you bought a boat. When are we setting sail, Captain? (laughs) When you get a boat, you also get new friends. Make sure Progressive's one of them and get coverage today for as little as $100 a year. Oh, and uh, no, you did not receive this message in error. (laughs) Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates Annual Premium for Basic Liability Policy not available in all states. Progressive is America's number one motorcycle insurer, so we understand motorcycles. No, really, we have a bike translator. Okay, so this bike says she is struggling with her place in the motorcycle community. Well, she says she hasn't peaked yet, but she's having a little epiphany, okay. Oh, that maybe life itself is the peak. Hmm, interesting. In my experience, I found that... So I just translate. Not allowed to have opinions. Got it. Quote with Progressive and see if you could save with America's number one motorcycle insurer. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates.